This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, October 26, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. When the White House oversaw the bankruptcy of Chrysler, it circumvented normal bankruptcy rules, leaving bondholders of Chrysler out in the cold. Among those bondholders, Indiana state workers who held Chrysler bonds through state pension funds. Richard Murdoch is Indiana's state treasurer. He started the fight to stop the Chrysler bankruptcy and retain the rule of law for Chrysler's bankruptcy proceedings. We spoke October 15th. The phrase that jumped out at me during the forum was regime uncertainty, that we have stacks upon stacks of rules that uh, have been meted out by decades, sometimes hundreds of years of experience that, at least in this case, have been ignored and replaced by what someone thinks is better than uh, going through the rules in place. What kind of impact does that have on the decision to invest or participate in the U.S. economy? When you replace the rule of law with the rule of expediency, there can be no good end result. And that is exactly what's happened here. Uh, Bankruptcy law that was established as far back as 1790 by the Congress, dutifully done under the terms of the Constitution, was thrown away by the executive and the judicial branch in the Chrysler case. The impact of that is enormous. And it, as enormous as it is, and this sounds a bit like a paradox, it is very difficult to measure because the complexities of the financial world uh, make tracking money and the movement of money sometimes very difficult. Without question, though, what is happening when the rules have changed is that you will see hundreds of billions of dollars of American invested, of American money being invested overseas. Uh, many large institutional investors, be they state governments, be they insurance funds, There's a lot of reallocation going on right now, and what I mean by that is a portfolio is put together, and they may say, historically, they have said that 10% of that money would be invested in uh, foreign markets, and now they're changing from 10% to 20%. Is it solely because of Chrysler? Probably not, because there's a continuing decrease in our national productivity, but the effect of not knowing the clear meaning of the rule of law anymore is certainly affecting the way people invest. Is there an understanding by those who operate pension funds, who have a significant stake uh, that they are responsible for uh, managing, is there a sense that the rules of the game when it comes to investing in corporations has fundamentally changed, or is this a one-shot deal? Absolutely, there is that knowledge that is out there. Whether or not it is a one-shot deal, a one-off kind of deal, is very much in the mind of the uh, person making that decision. Some think, yeah, oh, this was a big national emergency. It'll only happen once. Others, and I'm in this camp, others of us think, you know, this has become an easy excuse. Uh, The traditional role of Chapter 11 bankruptcy has been replaced by something called Subsection 363, which basically allows bankruptcies to happen on an expedited fashion and allows, in this case, the rules to be changed in an unprecedented way. This has never happened in American history. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. Never in American history were those who were considered secured creditors first in line in case of a financial meltdown. Never in American history were they put behind people who were non-secured creditors, and it happened here. You said that it's hard to measure 
uh, how people are perceiving this uh, in terms of their investment decisions. And of course, we don't get to see uh, whatever money that would have been invested in the United States that's going overseas. We don't know what intention uh, or what concern is attached to those investment dollars. That's right. And there's a lot at work here. Um, I will tell you, I'm. this is a broader uh, point of view, perhaps, than just the Chrysler case. But I, I have to tell you, I'm sick to death of turning on the TV and seeing the talking heads tell us that, well, yeah, this has been a serious recession, maybe even use the D word. And then they'll say, but, you know, America's going to bounce back and we'll lead the world to the recovery. Why do they say that? Because it's been that way every time in the last serious recession or depression for the last 130 years. But when it happened in the past, when those downturns occurred, the United States was the most business-friendly place on earth. Today, we have the second highest corporate tax rates in the world. When it happened before, the United States had a manufacturing base that gave a value-added impact to the economy that would speed a recovery. Today, our manufacturing base is in Mexico, it's in China, it's in India, Korea, Vietnam. When it happened before, most significantly perhaps, the United States was the world's largest creditor nation. Today, we are the world's largest debtor nation. That is a stark difference between where we've been in the past and where we are now, and I do not think any of that speaks well for the future. Now, you said in the forum something that I thought was a little odd, and that was that you uh, the Indiana State Pension Funds had invested in Chrysler debt, and was that uh, something that was regrettable? And do you regret that decision necessarily? And you said, no, we were trying to help a business that had a large Indiana footprint. Well, when you're charged with, a, with, a, with that kind of responsibility for people's retirements um, and the taxpayers being the only backstop against continuing to provide those retirements, isn't it troubling even to have to take a political consideration of any kind when making a decision on behalf of the retirements of uh, state employees? Sure. And the regret that I have is obviously that this entire case with Chrysler and General Motors, for that matter, that we were not involved with that bankruptcy uh, case. But I regret that those happened just with the net effect being any type of loss to our pension funds as a political matter. And that, again, becomes the real key at what's at stake here. And this is where I think the Chrysler and General Motor bankruptcy are, are vastly being underreported, underreported, because it is making investing more of a political decision. Uh, the Wall Street Journal early on did an editorial on the fact that we in our office, Treasurer's Office of Indiana, had changed our investing policies so that we no longer would buy the debt of American manufacturing companies that receive bailout money. That's a painful decision. I mean, I hate not buying American debt, but it's been proven too risky. Uh, by the very nature of my job, we invest in the most conservative instruments. And the government, politics, if you will, has added that new element of risk. And that's uh, very troubling for the future. Been talking about how it's hard to measure uh, investment that doesn't occur in the United States. But shouldn't the price of that debt in, in the future, as this all settles out, shouldn't the price of U.S. corporate debt uh, at some point reflect uh, that added risk premium? Absolutely. Yeah, the cost of interest went up without question to American businesses. Because of this, we just made, yet again, American businesses a little less competitive 
than against the rest of the world. If we hope to turn this country around, and I'm not talking just about this economic cycle, although it's key for this one, if we really hope to see the United States reestablish itself, we have to have a manufacturing base. We have to be a society that makes things, that manufactures things. We have to be creating wealth, not just redistributing it. And clearly the trend right now is to think that we can be like a Western European country that basically just trades things back and forth, not in creating wealth, but in redistributing it. And if we do that, I mean, that is an option we can take. But if we do, we better be ready to accept a lower standard of living for all Americans and a much lower place in the world for America's uh, traditional role. Now, I want to ask you one more thing related to your role as a, a state official who is charged with having a role in managing uh, pension funds for uh, state employees. Many states are having serious problems, and some of these are just the nature of sending tax dollars to the general fund, allowing the legislatures to, to uh, out of the goodness of their heart and following state law, then contribute that money to the state pension funds. I'm from Kentucky, and Kentucky has a serious problem with uh, uh, lawmakers not obeying state law when it comes to that. Um, should state governments be responsible for the retirements of anyone? Well, certainly there are state employees that I see them being responsible for. I understand for, that, but, but morally, yeah. I mean, in, from, from a perspective of, of keeping uh, the investment and politics separate, should the government, even appointing a committee, should they be responsible for managing the retirement funds of anybody? No. No, I mean, outside the realm of those public employees who are clearly working for government who deserve to have pension funds, I do not see that as the role of government at all. Um, the ongoing situation that we have with so many American industries, be they union or non-union, we have to have a thriving economy. We have to have a growing economy to continue to pay the bills that the future will bring us. Why do we know we will bring them? Because we've committed to pay them. And that's where, again, this case is so important in defining who will invest in American business and how American business will go forward. Richard Murdoch, Indiana's state treasurer, filed suit to stop the Chrysler bankruptcy on behalf of Indiana state employees. You can watch the full event driving in the wrong direction. The sordid details and lasting consequences of the Bush-Obama auto industry intervention. The video and audio are at Cato.org.